This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, this is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best with Trey Johnson, and I am very excited about what God has on His heart tonight for you and I, that we are going to grow. We're going to lift our thinking to new levels. We're going to lift our believing But I want to encourage you to expect to hear the voice of God. You know God always meets us at our level of expectation. So if you open up the Word or you're watching this show and you're not expecting to get anything out of this show, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get exactly what you're expecting, and that is nothing. And that's not my heart. I know that's not God's heart. We want all of us to come up in our relationship with God. You know, recently we have just celebrated the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. Now, the question that we're going to answer tonight is, all right, what are we doing? What are we doing with this power? What What are the next step? You know, we're, we're in a series called Redeemed to Run. And redeemed, the prefix R-E in front of any word means to bring back to the original. D means to purchase. So when Jesus died on the cross and he was buried and he was resurrected, he went into the presence of Almighty God for you and I with his blood And with His blood, He redeemed you and I. He bought us to bring us back into relationship with Almighty God. So you are redeemed to run your race. You're redeemed to be the best you you can be. You're redeemed to fulfill every dream and vision and passion that God has placed on the inside of you. You yourself are chosen by God. You are redeemed to run. So let's get into God's Word tonight. So if you have your your Bible, your pen, your paper, your iPad, phone, whatever it is that you're tracking with us tonight, let's go to John chapter 20. And as we get into God's Word, I believe that there's going to be some things that just jump out at us to locate where you and I are at in our relationship with God. And, And it's very important that when we read God's Word, We've got to ask, okay, am I doing God's Word? Remember, we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Now what do I do with the power? What is God wanting me to do from this day forward? He doesn't want us to go backwards because we're either going forwards or we're going backwards. He wants us to go forward. That's what the word blessed means. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said when we hear God's Word and we do God's Word, then we're blessed. We're empowered to move forward. And that's God's will for your life and my life is that we move forward in this life regardless of what's going on around us. So we're going to pick up in this story where Jesus, He has died on the cross, He was buried, and now this is where we pick it up. In John chapter 20, verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now think about that for a moment. Here you have Mary Magdalene who had been delivered from demons. So this wasn't a religious lady. This wasn't somebody who was going through the motions in their relationship with God. I mean, she had experienced the power of God. And and notice how, as we get into this story, how she reverenced Jesus and how she respected the things of God because it was real to her. She wasn't playing church. I mean, he had changed her life. It had been a a miracle moment. And once you experience the power of God, nobody can ever take that away from you. And so I want to encourage you, don't be religious. If you're real religious, I want to encourage you to take your religious clothes off and let's let's have a person have a mindset that, okay, I'm going after the heart of God. I'm not going to play with this. I'm going to hear God's word. I'm going to do it. I'm going to experience what God has. 
So here she is. She approaches the tomb. Now, now think about this with me. She was bringing spices. She was bringing perfume to minister to Jesus that she didn't know really what to expect. She had, for, for hundreds of years leading up to Jesus' time on the earth, they hadn't heard from God. They hadn't, hadn't seen the miracles, signs, wonders. Then Jesus shows up on the scene. He's God in flesh. It's the Word made flesh dwelling among us. The last three and a third year of his ministry, his signs, wonders, miracles, she had walked in deliverance for herself. But then the one that she trusted in was crucified. The one that she had walked with and talked with and, and, and served and honored was no longer there. But notice how just because conditions changed, her love did not change. Because a lot of times people's love changes because conditions change. When things are going good, people are at church, they're praising God or, you know, they're, oh, bless you, brother, and they're going through the motions. But when things don't work out the way they think they should work out, their love changes. Have you ever, when you read this story, have you ever thought to yourself, okay, where was the 5,000 that Jesus fed with five loaves and two fish? Where was blind Bartimaeus and all of this? Where was... Um, you know, the different people that had experienced the power of God. And here you have this lady, Mary Magdalene, who was after the heart of God. She, she was bringing her spices and perfume to a body that supposedly by this time was stinking. You know, there's areas of life that can stink. But what are you going to bring to the areas of life that stink? You know, it's, it's been stinking here lately, the, the virus that's gone around the country and around the world. It's been stinking that people have died. It stinks that people have gotten laid off. It, it stinks what the market has done up and down. It stinks, but what are you going to bring to the stinking situation? Are you going to bring more stinking thinking or more stinking attitude or more stinking stuff coming out of your mouth? Or are you going to bring a heart that is unconditionally in love with God, that God, I might not understand what's going on, but I'm going to worship you anyways. I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm not going to be changed by the condition or the situation or the virus or the market. God, you can count on me. Remember in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11, 12, 13, verse 19, the apostle Paul, he says, you know, I've learned some things. He said, whether things are going good, whether things are not going good, I've learned. I've learned to live with the right attitude when things are abounding. And I've learned to live with the right attitude when things are abased. And I've learned to live in, in, in hunger. And I've learned to live when I'm fully satisfied. Verse 13, he says, and I've learned that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In other words, regardless of what happening, God, you can count on me. Verse 19, he says, from this place. My God supplies all my needs. I've learned that when I unconditionally go after God, that God always watches over His Word to perform it. He always shows up in my life. My God supplies all, all, all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All means all. And this is the condition that Mary Magdalene was in. She had come to continue to worship Jesus, to minister to Jesus. Verse 1, but she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Verse 2, then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, referring to John, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. 
Verse 3, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. Verse 4, so they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Now think about this for a moment. Here you have Mary who saw something and what happened? It made her begin to run. You and I, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus so we can run. And so she goes and she shares with Peter and John what had happened. And the Bible says that they take off running together, but then the other disciple, talking about John, outran Peter to the tomb. Now I want to pause here for a moment because Mary began to run, Peter began to run, And John began to run. They were all at different places. Mary saw something. Peter and John heard something. But it all caused them to run. And I want to encourage you tonight that it's time for you and I to run. That the resurrection is not just about a new outfit or, you know, hunting Easter eggs or chickens or whatever it is that you think Resurrection Sunday represents. It's about the Spirit of God stirring the real you on the inside of you. It's time for you and I to run. It's time for you and I to continue to look into the empty tomb and realize that His Spirit was given to you and I to cause us to run. His Spirit is infused on the inside of you and He wants to breathe on your gift. He wants to breathe on your vision. He wants to breathe on your purpose. He wants to breathe on your family to the point that you begin to run. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, but you make a decision to run. I'm going to run with the Word. I'm going to run with the name of Jesus. I'm going to run by the Spirit of God. I'm going to run. I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to stroll. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. And just like Peter and John, you might start out running your race with other people around you, all starting at the same place. But depending on how we yield ourselves to God is going to determine how passionately we run after the things of God. A lot of times people lose their passion when they're going through pain. Very few times do people keep their passion when things don't work out the way they think it should work out. But I want to encourage you, not being religious, not putting God in a box, but allow the Spirit of God to speak to your inner man and cause you to run. Run and fulfill your dream. Run and fulfill your purpose. Run and fulfill your vision. You are redeemed by Almighty God to run your race. You've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness, Colossians. 1, 12, and 13. You've been brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Why? To run. To run. To run. You have more in you. You're still breathing. God is saying, I want you to run. Remember remember when junior high and high school, I don't know if this happened to you, but you'd be running with all your buddies, you know, and, the, and everybody would be getting tired and the coach would say, hey, you better pick it up because a so-and-so's not, they're not running, they're walking, they're strolling, and if they don't start running, it's going to cost all of you. You know, when you don't run your race, when you don't go after God with all your heart, whenever you're sitting back and you're sitting on your backside, you know it could cost somebody their eternal destiny. Yes, God loves people. And he will do whatever he can to share the gospel with people. And if you don't get in the race, he'll find somebody else to run the race. But you don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I want God to use you and I to fulfill the race that he's called you and I to run. In Acts chapter 13, it says that God found a man after his own heart, David. And it says that he fulfilled all the plan of God and he served his generation. What was he saying that he was after the heart of God, and he run. He was a runner. He was a runner. You're a runner. You're a runner. Now let's go back to here. This 
this day when Mary, she, she went to worship Jesus, but it didn't work out the way that she thought it was going to work out. She had such a love for God that it, it kept her engaged in the process even when things were strange. You know, there are times that life throws things our way that it's hard to wrap our mind around. But when we stay in relationship with God, it, it holds us in a place of, I don't understand what's going on, but I know you're good. I don't understand how all this is going to work out, but I know that you're faithful. I don't know how you're going to restore my life or build my life, but I know you're faithful. I, I don't care what anybody else is saying. I, I know what you, you tell me, and you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, in the Amplified, he says, this is, this is what God says. He says, I will never, never, never in any way leave you helpless. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree lose my hold on you. What was he saying? He's saying, I, I've, got you, I've got you covered. I've got your back. I, I'm Almighty God. I'm, I'm in you. I'm with you. I'm for you. You're not by yourself no matter what you're facing in life. And so Mary, she, she had a, a hunger for the things of God. And she told Peter and, and, and John, and they took off running. And John outrun Peter. And, and let's pick up in verse 5. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Verse 8, Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. In verse 10, Then the disciples went away again to their homes. Now notice that's a very powerful statement there. So they're looking. Mary is just trying to wrap her mind around what's going on. John and Peter are looking into the tomb. John instantly it says that he believed because the Spirit of God was bearing witness with his spirit. But then it says they left and they went home. What do you do when things aren't the way you think they should be? Because we're going to see a, an attribute in, of Mary that can be life-changing. Verse 11, it says, But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping as she kept, as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. I want to read it again. And Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. Now, Peter and John, they went back to their house. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And it says that she stooped down and looked into the tomb. What are you looking at? Because there's times in our life when you don't understand that if you'll just keep looking, things will begin to clear up. If you'll just keep looking into the place that at one point in time she had experienced the presence of God. She had, had, had felt the power of God. There was something different about this Jesus. And she, she honored Him and respected Him. And it says she stooped down and she kept looking. Everybody else left, but she hung around and she kept looking. When everybody else is messing around, are you continuing to look? 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, it says, When we keep looking into the faultless law of liberty, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be freedom, and there's going to be change, and there's going to be vision, and there you're going to position yourself for the Spirit of God to breathe on the inside of you for you to run. Why? Because you are redeemed from the power of darkness to run. Everybody else can go do their own deal, but you've got to make a decision. I'm going to stay outside this situation, and I'm going to keep looking because I know the answer is somewhere close by. I'm going to keep looking because when you keep looking, you'll start seeing things that other people don't see. Verse 12, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Now notice this. Notice. Think, think of what's taking place here. Because she kept looking. Remember, it's a spiritual principle. Whatever you look for, you're going to find. Matthew chapter 7, he says, you ask and receive, seek and you'll find. What are you looking for in this time when things may look different than they ever have before in your life? If you'll keep looking. She, see, she hung outside the tomb and she was whipping, weeping and the angels asked her, why, why are you weeping? And she says, because, because I, I don't know the answer in the natural right now. I don't know where the Lord is right now. I don't know what they've done, but she's going to keep looking. What are you going to keep doing? You're going to keep looking. In Hebrews 12, to looking unto the author and the developer and finisher of our faith, who is Jesus. Keep looking. Please hear what God is saying. Keep looking into the Word. Keep looking into the promises of God. Keep looking in. He, your, he is your healer. He is your provider. He is your deliverer. He is your protector. Keep looking because when you keep looking, you see things that others don't see. Others may see a reject. Others may see uh, somebody that's sick or defeated or an addict or a loser, but God sees the real you. And when you keep looking into the Word of God, you'll start to see yourself that I was lost, but now I'm found. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was broke, but now I'm provided for. I was rejected, but God has chosen me and appointed me, and He believes in me. When you keep looking where nobody else is looking, you'll see what nobody else sees. I want to encourage you to keep looking. Keep looking. Remember, Peter and John, they left. Maybe it was too hard. Maybe it didn't make sense. Maybe others. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I couldn't get anybody. The environment I was in, I mean, it was just a rough environment. I couldn't get anybody to go and experience the things of God, but I was so hungry. I remember I, I, I stood in line for six hours one time just to hear this one man of God preach so I could just, I, I'd heard about the signs, wonders, and miracles and the power of God. There, there were times I'd drive all night by myself just to be in the presence of God while I was continuing to look. And, and as I continued to look, I, I began to see things that others didn't see because God reveals his heart to people who are willing to when everybody else is gone he's going to be able to find you he can count on you to be in the word he can count on you not to be religious but to show up at the house of God he can count on you what you're watching and what you're listening to because you're a runner you're not an average person you think different you believe different you walk different you talk different you run and as Mary kept looking she thought it was a gardener, verse 15, and Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? 
She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, you have carried him away. Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, teacher. Now think about the excitement. Because when you keep looking into the Word of God, things are revealed to you. And it, it dawned on her spirit, man, that this wasn't the gardener. This wasn't an angel. This was Jesus who was speaking, and he, he was calling her name. Mary, I realize that you're the only one here. Mary, I realize everybody else, they, they took off and they went back to their comfort zone. But Mary, you're still here. Mary, and just the, the ecstasy, the, the excitement, how, how thrilled she was. And notice what he tells her in verse 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that He had spoken these things to her. Verse 19. Then the same day, notice the same day, that morning it started out with Mary at the tomb and Jesus wasn't there. And the same day she had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus said, hang on, don't touch me yet because uh, yes, I've been resurrected, but I'm on my way to my father and your father and my God and your God. And I'm going to take my blood into his presence and don't, don't, don't touch me. I know you're a runner, Mary, so I need you to run the right direction. You carry my word. You've heard my word. Now go tell the others. The same day that evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to picture this. Mary was so excited and so ecstatic. And, and she went and told the disciples, and the disciples are in this room and Jesus shows up in this room and he says, peace, peace be to you. And he says the same way. Now we're talking about what, what do we do with this resurrection power? We saw Mary, what'd she do? She ran. What'd Peter do? He ran. What'd John do? He ran. What are you and I supposed to do? We run. We don't walk. We don't stroll. It's not time to walk or stroll. There are people counting on you being the best you that you can be. And Jesus shows up in, in this room. And he says, the same way my Father sent me. Think about that. The Father sent Jesus to bring you and I into relationship with Him. The Father sent Jesus to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3, 8. The Father sent Jesus to give us life and life more abundantly. This word life is the God kind of life. It's not just inhaling and exhaling. It's the God kind of life. It comes from a word zoe, Z-O-E. And, it, and it's talking about the life of God. He says, the same way that my Father sent me, I'm sending you this. In other words, the same way you saw me run my race and cast out devils and heal the sick and calm the storm and speak to those viruses and that bacteria and infection and the blind eyes and the deaf ear, I'm sending you. What is he saying? I need you to run. Because when I gifted you and wired you and placed those things on the inside of you, there are other people that I was seeing. I wasn't just seeing you. Yes, I love you and I want the best for you, but I'm seeing all the people you're created to reach. And then in verse 22, when he said these things, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
Now, at this time, this is the same, the word breathe, when He breathed upon them, this is when they were born again. When He breathed upon them, this is when their spirit mans were recreated. See, before this time, they weren't born again. They didn't have eternal life on the inside of them, but He breathed. This is the same word breath that's in Genesis 2-7 when God made man in the image and likeness of God and He breathed. See, the word make comes from a Hebrew word which means to make something out of something that already existed like the dirt. He, he made man from something that already existed. And the word create comes from a, a Hebrew word which means that it was made from something that wasn't in the natural yet. And so what God created from himself was placed in what he made, which was man, Genesis 2-7. And then the Bible says that he breathed into the nostril of man. And man became a speaking spirit. Think about this. When he made man and he breathed into him, he was full of life. He had the life of God. The first thing Adam saw when he opened his eyes was the face of God. When God... When he breathed, his breath was full of dominion and authority and assignment and purpose. But then when Adam sinned, he was separated from God. And he went from being in right standing with God to wrong standing with God. And now God had to send Jesus to die for you and I, for you and I to be accepted by Almighty God, for us to come back into relationship with God. And this was the beginning right here. And once again, he... The same breath that he breathed at the very beginning is the same breath he was breathing in John chapter 20 right here. And when you call upon the name of Jesus, it's the same God kind of life that comes on the inside of you. And every breath of God and every word of God and every part of God enters your heart. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And his spirit is saying, run. That word breath means to inspire. Inspire comes from two different words, inspirited. When God breathes into your heart, it inspires you. It, ins it inspirits you. It, it nails the real you. It, and your spirit man is saying, yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm created for more. I'm created to walk in wholeness. I'm created to walk in freedom. I'm created to overcome. I'm created to run. Uh, and some of you, maybe you haven't realized the importance of serving Jesus, but your spirit man is saying it's time to run. Yes, maybe you messed up this and you messed up that, but your spirit man is saying, yes, it's time to run. Maybe you'd never given your life to God until tonight. And the spirit of God, the real you is calling out, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I want to run. I want to be everything I'm called and created to be. And the Holy Spirit is waiting just, just like he was over Mary. When the angel showed up and told her, Mary, you're going you're gonna to give birth. You're going to be the mother of the Son of God, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And you know what she said? The Holy Spirit was hovering over and God speaks and she says, be it done unto me according to your word. Luke 1 be it done unto me according to your word. What do we do? What do we do with what we've celebrated here recently with the resurrecting power of God? We run. We realize that when we call upon the name of Jesus, the life of God breathes on the inside of us and the Spirit of God is saying, run, 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 run. Not walk, not stroll. 
Yes, there are going to be some people that you outrun because this ignites your spirit, man, and you've got to be okay with outrunning others. See, there was a long period of time in my life others were outrunning me because I was out jacking around. But there came a time that I was just like Mary. I was staying outside the tomb. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm going to keep looking into the Word of God. I'm going to keep going after the presence of God. I'm going to keep showing up at the house of God. I'm going to keep surrounding myself with godly people. I'm going to run. I don't care if anybody runs with me. I'm going to run. But you know what begins to happen as you run after God? It inspires others to run, to run their race. It will ignite them. See, likes attract like. Faith attracts faith. Just like doubt attracts doubt. Have you been hanging out with a bunch of doubters. I want to encourage you, get in the game tonight. God is saying, I need you to run. I need you to run and be everything you're called and created to be. Be like Mary Magdalene. (laughs) Coming, even though you don't understand, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring something precious to my master. I'm going to bring my heart. I'm going to bring my mind. I'm going to bring something that smells good to a stinky situation. I'm going to have the attitude of faith. Be like Mary Magdalene, that she takes off running and others might be running around you, but when they go home or they sit down because they're tired, you're going to be still in the game and you're going to keep looking. You're going to keep looking into the Word of God. You're going to keep looking. You're going to keep showing up. You're going to keep being faithful. You're going to keep looking and you'll start to see things in His Word and by His Spirit that nobody else around you is seeing. I'm not saying be fruit loop or you know, out there where you're hallucinating and you're coming up with this dumb stuff. This is always our foundation. Always. Whatever you see always has to line up with God's Word. But you'll begin to see yourself as healed, see yourself as righteous, see yourself as victorious, see yourself as a person of purpose and destiny and assignment. Just like Jesus said, the same way my Father sent me, I'm now sending you. You'll begin to see what you're put on this earth to do. I want to encourage you. Don't, Don't back off. Don't back off. Go, go for it. Stick it in drive and let's run and let's be the difference makers we're created to be. If you're watching this show tonight for the very first time and, and maybe you've never called upon the name of Jesus, but in your heart you can sense the Spirit of God tapping on your heart saying, I want a relationship with you. Very simple. I gave my life to the Lord in a in a, in a trailer that was upside down in the middle of a bar ditch. In the middle of the night, you can, you can give your life to, to Jesus. You can accept Jesus wherever you're at, no matter what you're going through. And you say, how, how can I do that? Very simple. The Bible says when you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you declare with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. He says at that time, you receive eternal life. At that time, The Spirit of God is breathing on the inside of you and you reconnect to God and now the Spirit of God is going to say, now now begin to run. Begin to run. Begin to fulfill the assignment and purpose that you've been put on this earth to do. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and I just want to pray a very simple prayer. And if you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, just repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, and to be my Savior. 
Now, if you said that prayer for the very first time, I want to encourage you to go to the website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. Let us know about the decision that you just made. We want to get information into your hand. We want to help you grow in your relationship with God. We want to help you be the best you that you can be. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Remember, you're redeemed to run. Keep growing, keep going. We'll talk to you soon.